Dear listeners, this is Interfaith-ish. I'm your host, Jack Gordon, and every other Wednesday right here on Tacoma Radio, we bring you bold conversations about what we believe, why we believe, and how we navigate the common ground and differences between our traditions. And dear listeners, let me tell you, if we're going to have a week to talk about navigating common ground as well as differences, this is definitely it. I'm sure many of you have been dealing with having your lives turned upside down, figuring out this new world that we're living in, and how we think about what community looks like, how we're engaging with our community, how we're uh, looking out for our friends and our loved ones, and even folks that we don't know, but whose lives impact us and whose lives we impact as well. So we are dealing with a new reality, even here at Tacoma Radio. Usually we have two live guests in studio, um, but with the recent restrictions, we've uh, had to curtail that and um, made some last-minute changes. So we won't be having some in-studio guests this week, but I put out a call to some folks, some friends of mine, asking if they would share some reflections on on how they've been doing this past week, how how they've been working with their new reality and how they've been looking out for for folks that they know in the community. I got some great um, responses and I wanted to uh, share a few minutes of some of those reflections with you right now. Hey, Jack, this is Mandy. Hey, this is Layla Sani. Hi, this is Christine Erickson. Colin Christopher calling from Silver Stream, Maryland. Juan Pacheco, I'm calling from Los Angeles. Hi, this is David. Hi, Jack, this is Jennifer. Hi, my name is Simran Jeet Singh. I'm just calling to let you know what we're doing during this time of um, social distancing. I, along with a lot of other people, are working from home. A lot of video calls. Took stuffed animals and old cardboard boxes and made a zoo and then called cousins and grandparents and took them through our zoo on the telephone. I'm able to communicate with my folks back in Kenya, and that means my family and brothers and finding out how they're doing, watching the news many more times than I normally do. You know, eating good quality food, getting as much good quality rest, doing things to make sure, like, my immune system is at the best, you know, it can be. First of all, in a very simple way, in the Baha'i community, we've been reaching out to people who might be a bit more vulnerable by age or by health reasons. And for me, this has resulted in conversations that have been so sustaining and so sweet. I live in an apartment building, which is great. So I'm just um, walking around, seeing, seeing neighbors. I'm not going inside, just keeping a distance. But it's been really nice to, to have a connection with people. When I walk by them in the hallway or on the street, everyone stops to say, hey, how are you? What are you doing? Are you are you good? It's been really interesting and encouraging to see how people are connecting through apps and various platforms online. A lot of yoga studios, like the one at uh, our neighborhood, Bluebird Sky Yoga, is also doing online yoga classes. And in our uh, Mysore community, Mysore Shtanga, we did one this morning where we each practice our own sequence of poses, but we were all together on the Zoom conference. You could see everyone practicing, and it was quite beautiful and and still motivating to, to get up at 6.30, 7 o'clock in the morning and start your practice and know that others are there too. 
we had some things on, on the books, a men's retreat. We also had a men's breakfast coming up. And obviously all of that stuff has been postponed. So instead, we started a, 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 a chat via Zoom where we said some prayers. We sang some prayers. That was fun with the audio, audio delay. We were as far from in sync as possible, <laughs> which was quite the experience and fun uh, nonetheless. And uh, then we also opened it up for dialogue about how this, has been impacting our personal lives, both as, you know, men and husbands and fathers, breadwinners in many of our cases, and what this means moving forward, but mainly what it, in the, in the, the deep part of ourselves, uh, what it's made us come face to face with. The strangest thing about this moment, at least for me, has been reflecting on how I live or or don't live. Um, in accordance with what I define as my priorities. You know, I would always say I'm, I'm family first, but being home this past week, I've, I've really come to realize that that's, uh, not where my mind is and, and not where I am physically even, uh, pretty much every day. Uh, you know, I have two young kids at home. And this past week, we've really just, um, spent time with them all day every day I mean the three main tasks we've been carrying out are cooking and cleaning and spending time with the kids it's almost been like a, a slap in the face as as a reminder of uh, who are you what do you care about what are your values all those sorts of things and so that's that's been really interesting for me I think two themes for me have just really been highlighted first just all of us across the globe having to come face to face with our own mortality, which is a really difficult reality check, but I think necessary as well, just for us to keep in mind um, that we all are on a limited timeline. And that just really clarifies priorities and clarifies values and can be a, a sobering, but I think also really helpful just reorientation of perspective, um, and then also just to see the human spirit of uh, resilience and the universality of our need to connect and to relate and to both give and receive love to one another. This pandemic obviously sends us a super clear message that we are all connected to each other and that we are really world citizens, which is why we're all being impacted by this. So. I think since technology has allowed me to share um, just like in a really easy way a link for these video conferences with friends all over the country and even I have friends in China and in Italy right now, um, I can just send them a link and then they join the video conference and we're able to say prayers together from across the globe. I live on a small eco-institute in North Carolina where when the coronavirus uh, shut down happened. We gathered probably about 10 of us and shared ways in which we could help each other and uh, different needs that the community had um, and were going to have. We sat for about two hours, six feet apart if we could, and it was outside. And it was just so beautiful to be sitting near a garden that we all kind of committed to to really working in this time. 
kind of returning to a slower paced life where um, I guess you could say we're kind of going back to the past and really putting our hands in the soil and in each other's lives. To see a, a few community organizations here in my Muslim community uh, sort of stepping up, coming together, and raising money for families who are really going to be struggling during coronavirus because of lost jobs and, and other situations. And, and in just a day, uh, I believe they've already gotten over $75,000 in contributions. My neighbor explained how all of her family members who live in her house lost their job temporarily as they work in the restaurant business. And so she was sharing how it it has been very difficult to understand how they will continue in these uncertain days or weeks or months without their two jobs that each of them have to sustain their family. And besides that, she also shared that something that's making her sad is that even the church is not giving service. And she commented how it's the time when we all need prayer the most. And so I asked, what can we do? And so they suggested that we do a video call. And the seven of us, including two kids that come to my house for a virtuous class every Saturday, We all got together through a WhatsApp video call, and we said many prayers for trials and difficulties and healing. Um, We're just gathering at 8 p.m. for about 20 minutes. We're going to try to do it nightly. Um, And it's just an opportunity for us to pray for a few things specific to the coronavirus and for participants to share specific things that they would like to be prayed for. We have continued our Sunday ritual of having breakfast with neighbors, um, a small group of us. And then after breakfast, we gather together in our living room where we do a common prayer. It's a liturgy for ordinary radicals, um, just praying together, singing together, and just being together, really. What we're doing is just trying to make this as... um, uneventful as possible for our kids because inevitably how we react to this information and situation is going to be a blueprint for how our kids respond to stress and uncertainty. So we're being really, really careful to um, heed the warnings of social distancing, but at the same time um, not let our kids see an example of being afraid of something they can't see or can't touch. I don't want my child to be afraid to say hi to a neighbor or another kid, um, you know, if we're out in our front yard. Um, it's really concerning how quickly um, that sort of behavior has gotten normalized. Um, so we're doing everything we can to just keep our kiddos engaged and um, thoughtful and creative and kind. And, you know, if there is any kind of silver lining to be had from this situation, it's that it's been a really incredible time of family bonding and closeness. Um, But that's also because that's what we've made of it. So a lot of beautiful things are happening. You know, we might be limited as far as where we can go physically, but this virtual realm gives us 
endless possibilities. And we're encouraged to use our creativity and figure out how we can still connect. These are hard times for so many people, and yet there's a surprising sweetness that is coming from it in our increased efforts to connect with each other. Um, I hope everyone is finding ways to stay connected and to continue to to remember that everyone needs somebody. So find ways to connect with those you think might be more isolated than others. Thanks for letting me give you input. Take care, everybody. Stay safe. Dear listeners, thank you for joining me for this special episode of Interfaith-ish. I appreciate everyone who called in to share their perspectives. We'll be collecting more stories in the weeks ahead, so if you'd like to leave us a voice message, call 202-599-2953. Be sure to leave your name and any info about your tradition or organization that you're affiliated with. You can also find us on social media at Interfaith-ish, and write us at interfaithish at gmail.com. That's I-N-T-E-R-F-A-I-T-H-I-S-H at gmail.com. Stay safe and healthy, everyone.